According to the protocol, the queen is to be chauffeured. However, she's so passionate about driving that she does it whenever possible. The British queen has been driving since she was 19. And she still needs neither a license nor a license plate on her car. She is excluded from the regulations and laws governing the road. Must be nice. Still, all the driving licenses in the country are issued in her name. Same with her passport. She doesn't need it either. Those who never hear their alarm clock in the morning would love to be the queen of the United Kingdom. She doesn't wake up to the alarm clock. Instead, there's a bagpiper who plays outside her window for about 15 minutes. Hmm, waking up to bagpipes? I haven't tried that. The queen is an early bird, waking up at 7.30 every day. She likes to stay in bed for a couple of minutes listening to the BBC. I guess that's after the bagpipe concert. She goes to bed at 11 p.m., sleeping about 8 hours a day. (laughs) I wish I slept that much. Now, having a bath is one of the most relaxing things ever. The queen has a bathtub even in the royal train. If you were the queen, you would never have breakfast in the kitchen. You'd head to the dining room instead. As for the kitchen, it turns out the one in Buckingham Palace doesn't differ that much from a regular one. There's some Tupperware stuff in the palace, too. The queen doesn't eat delicacies every day, as you could imagine. Scrambled eggs and a cup of tea. By the way, Earl Grey is the queen's favorite. The queen tends to add some salmon to her dish, not the tea, but she could have added some truffles instead if it were Christmas. During breakfast, the queen likes to read newspapers. Today's headline says 300 richest Brits, but the queen's name is not among them. Still, the queen does have her personal ATM right where she lives. Buckingham Palace is vast, but the queen usually only uses six rooms. These are a bedroom, a private sitting room, a bathroom, a dressing room. There are also two more special rooms, the audience room, a one-to-one meeting room for visits during the Queen's working week, and the empire room, basically a waiting room. Hmm. If there's a celebration, the Queen has to change her clothes five times a day. As for shoes, there's a helper who shares the same size as the Queen. She wears all new pairs of shoes to make sure they won't feel uncomfortable. Sounds very blister-free. One thing the Queen always does by herself is her makeup. She hires a makeup artist only once a year for her Christmas speech. A queen's handbag isn't just for storing her personal belongings. It's the thing she can give signals with. If she wants to leave within five minutes, she puts it on the table. If she doesn't quite enjoy a conversation she's having, she puts it on the floor, and the staff is there to rescue her. Idleness is definitely not a royal trait. The queen's got a lot of correspondence, and she replies to every single letter. One of her responsibilities is to send letters to couples who celebrate their diamond wedding anniversary. By the way, the queen has already sent more than 540,000 telegrams. Every day, she receives about 200 to 300 letters. Of course, she's got the staff to help her out. But hey, over a half million letters? What? Now, whoever wants to send fan mail to Her Majesty can do that by sending a letter to Buckingham Palace, London. Don't forget to start it with Madam and finish it with I have the honor to be, Madam, Your Majesty's humble and obedient servant. Really. Correspondence is not the only duty the Queen has. She also has to meet with the Prime Minister. A lot. Still, the Prime Minister Day is Wednesday. She must also give her royal assent to the new proposed laws to become real. Yeah, laws are mainly the Parliament's duty, but they work with the Queen on all the laws. The queen also has meetings in the morning. Sometimes she attends different awards. 
If she has any important engagement or meeting, the secretary brings her the profiles of people she is to meet. The queen receives quite a lot of gifts. All of them are added to the list of gifts that the royal household publishes every year. She receives all kinds of gifts, from crochet poppies to brand new cars. Most presents are usually given on the occasion of the queen's birthday. Besides gifts, the queen can enjoy her two birthdays. It's a very old tradition, started back in the 18th century. The first one is the day when she's born, on April 21st. The second one is the official ceremony, held on the second Saturday of June. The weather must be somewhat better in June, and the queen can celebrate without any problems. In addition to her official duties, the queen does a lot for charity. The royal family supports about 2,500 charities in the UK and about 3,000 charity organizations around the world. Traveling is another thing that the queen does a lot. She has visited more than 120 countries so far. The queen's lunch can be pretty hearty, including up to four courses, but the portions are relatively small. The queen loves game and, one important thing, no carbs included to the diet. If you ever get a chance to have lunch in Buckingham Palace, you'll never get potatoes as a side dish. They're a big no in the palace, as well as pasta and rice. Every kitchen employee knows that the royal family's diet has a huge list of restrictions to eliminate any risk of poisoning. Drinking tap water when traveling is not allowed. They also skip any exotic or spicy foods and meals made with raw or undercooked meats, such as tartare. When the queen's not too hungry, she especially likes tuna and mayonnaise sandwiches. Ooh, sounds good! These are pretty easy to cook, so here's the royal recipe. Butter some bread. Cut the cucumber. The slices should be really thin. Add a dash of pepper, tuna, some mayonnaise on top. Voila! The queen is concerned about what she eats, so her daily food should be rich in proteins. Mm. Now, rumor has it the queen loves some Netflix series, especially the one that was inspired by her own life. There's one thing that never changed in the Queen since 1989, and it's her nail polish. She sticks to the same pale pink color for over 30 years. More than 30 years ago, the Queen's hairdresser wrote a letter to a nail polish brand requesting a bottle of neutral tone polish. She never changed it ever since. Well, 5 o'clock, tea time, and maybe some dessert. The Queen always chooses moderate slices of her favorite chocolate biscuit cake. The recipe is more than 100 years old, and was first served to Queen Victoria and is still the same. Royal staff also has plenty of rules when it comes to tea brewing. The perfect recipe includes a teaspoon of leaves per one teacup. The water temperature should be 158 degrees Fahrenheit for green tea and 212 for Earl Grey or English breakfast tea. Milk is always added last. Now, the queen should always be invited to dinner elegantly. Remember that for your next invite. People who get the honor to speak with her must learn particular polite phrases. Improvisation and informal language aren't welcome. Royal staff risk being fired if they say, Your dinner's on the table. Instead, they should say something like, Your Majesty, dinner is served. Queen Elizabeth's love for corgis is famous worldwide. It's no wonder that all her dogs got special homemade chef-cooked meals. Ex-chef of Buckingham Palace, Darren McGrady, said in an interview that royal corgis only ate fresh food and had their own menu of home-cooked meals, which included rabbit, liver, cabbage, and rice. Mmm, boy! Dogs aren't the only pets treated like kings in Buckingham Palace. Horses also get their share. 
Sometimes Her Majesty feeds them by herself. Therefore, not every carrot is suitable for this purpose. All carrots must be perfectly prepared, finger-sized, and peeled. Mm. In recent years, one of the palace jobs advertised was polisher of the Queen's historic vases and irreplaceable paintings at the Palace of Holyrood House in Edinburgh. This duty required any candidate to work 20 hours a week for a paycheck of $10,500 a year. No previous experience needed. The most important quality for a member of the royal staff is to keep secrets well. While providing services for the royal household, staff members can witness delicate information that can be very valuable for the media. Some of these former workers have even written books about their work at the palace. Therefore, today, all new royal employees are forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So, what goes on at Windsor stays in Windsor. No matter how tired you are, you can't go to bed in Buckingham Palace if the Queen is still awake. Members of the royal family can only doze off after the Queen does. You can't take selfies with members of the royal family. The exact reasons for this ban are unknown. They can have a little conversation with you. They don't sign autographs, so nobody can forge the royal signature. Some superstars follow their example. Many people sell items with a celebrity signature for a high price. When the queen gets up from a dinner table, everyone also has to stand up. This rule applies to members of the royal family as well. They also stand up when the queen enters or leaves the room. The British royals are required to have natural hair color. They can't choose extravagant haircuts that can change their image. Their nails must always look perfect. The only nail polish that's allowed is pale pink. Their facial makeup has to be simple. It's forbidden to apply makeup in public. All descendants of the royal family must obtain the approval of the current monarch before proposing. This rule is in the Royal Marriages Act and has been in effect since 1772. Members of the royal family aren't allowed to eat shellfish. Dishes made out of it most often cause food poisoning. Currently, there are no strict rules of behavior when greeting the queen. But some royal family members choose the traditional greeting. Men do a slight neck bow and women curtsy. Such a formality is the rules of etiquette. Other people greet the queen with a customary handshake, but only if she extends her hand. The royals should not accept gifts from individuals not personally known to them, so they don't put themselves under any obligation to the donor. They may receive flowers and foodstuff in reasonable amounts, copies of non-controversial books given by the author, and other items of small monetary value. According to the royal wedding traditions, royal brides must carry at least one sprig of myrtle in their hands during the ceremony. Myrtle symbolizes hope and love, and every royal bride must add it to her bouquet. The royal family members also have to go through passport control. Of course, they don't stand in lines like other passengers, but they still must get the stamp on their passports. Everyone does it, except for the queen. She doesn't need a passport because all passports in the country are issued on behalf of Her Majesty. When crossing any border, the Queen is only asked for her full name, address, nationality, and place of birth. The Queen doesn't have a driver's license either. She is the only person in the UK who can drive a car without license plates. 
It's forbidden for two heirs to fly on the same plane or ride the same train. This is necessary to protect the royal family. Family trips are also prohibited, but Queen Elizabeth sometimes makes exceptions and allows that. During any event, the Queen shakes hands with many people. To prevent catching any disease, she must always wear gloves. There's a rule for holding a cup of tea. The thumb and index finger should support the upper part of the handle. The middle finger should hold the lower part. The cup handle should always direct at 3 o'clock. The royal family lady should try drinking from the same place to avoid multiple lipstick stains on the edge of the cup. British royals are to master the art of the right handshake. The proper way to do it is to maintain eye contact and make two shakes. This is necessary not to maintain contact with people for too long and to show that royal family members treat everyone with equal respect. Every royal dinner is about following hundreds of rules and protocols. Seating of guests, the layout of cutlery, the proper serving dishes, following etiquette during meals, and much more. For example, according to etiquette, the queen talks to the person on her right during the first course. When the second course is served, the queen communicates with the guest on the left side. Members of the royal family should know and respect the customs, traditions, and rules of etiquette of the countries they visit. They are also always accompanied by a professional translator who helps in unclear situations. At any events at Buckingham Palace and beyond, women must take off their hats after 6 p.m. and wear tiaras. This rule applies only to married women. It's not a strict rule, but the royal family ladies are advised to stand and walk down the stairs, keeping their chin straight and parallel to the ground. As they descend the stairs, their hands should always be at their sides. One of the main rules during royal trips is to wear appropriate clothes. The royal family is forbidden to travel in simple, ordinary outfits, sneakers, hoodies, or jeans. They should always look perfect. That's why they wear strict business suits or dresses. It's also important that members of the royal family add elements of local culture to their outfits. For example, a maple leaf brooch on a trip to Canada. The queen should wear bright outfits during her trips so that she can be seen from afar in a crowd. There are special assistants for outfits. They travel to countries weeks and even months in advance before the royal family visits. They plan what outfits to pick up for the royals, so they blend in with the local landscape and views. They check the patterns and colors of clothing, so it wouldn't mean something bad and wouldn't be offensive to locals. The assistant finds out in advance which places the queen will take off her shoes or where she may need a handkerchief. Her travel wardrobe is well planned to the smallest detail. There always has to be something black in the wardrobe during royal trips. If one of the members suddenly passes away, everyone should look appropriate as a sign of mourning. During trips to other cities and countries, members of the royal family can't spend time the way they want. Any visit consists of official meetings and dinners with senior government officials. There is about an hour left for walking and exploring local attractions. Every step of the royal figure is planned minute by minute, from lunch starting time to its ending, or when they need to get in a car, and so on. They get most of their rest time while moving from place to place. The royal family members must travel throughout Britain and the Commonwealth. In the past, 
It was necessary, so the royals knew how ordinary people lived. And people needed to know what their rulers looked like. Since television and the internet appeared, the family's journey has been more symbolic. The visits demonstrate that the people are protected. Trips to other countries are often associated with a charity. Members of the royal family speak at conferences addressing the current global problems. They also establish and improve diplomatic relations. The people who organize these trips have a lot of responsibilities too. For example, a special assistant goes to all the countries that Her Majesty plans to visit, about six months before the start of the Queen's journey. In these countries, they study the local ways of life, culture, people's behavior, current problems, the political situation, and they designate dangerous places. Members of the royal family should have at least a little knowledge about the life of the country they're visiting. Talented assistants help them in this. A whole group of people with the head of a household and food management among them arrive at the countries the royals plan to visit in advance. They create an individual menu for each heir. They also instruct foreign chefs not to cook dishes with garlic and a huge amount of spices to prevent the royals from getting bad breath. By the way, the queen doesn't like garlic. Nobody puts it in meals. One of the former royal chefs revealed some of the queen's all-time favorite foods, telling the world she's an absolute chocoholic, but also likes steaks. Her Majesty preferred to keep it secret because otherwise all the cooks would only serve her favorites. Royal family assistants also tell the hotel staff what each member of the family's favorite drink is. Specially appointed doctors visit all countries in advance. They check all the hospitals of those countries that Her Majesty and other royal members will visit. The doctor learns the quality of the local medical system. They need to know where there can be a shortage of certain meds and bring them with them. A personal first aid kit for each family member is prepared for all occasions. The reason the royal family don't use any last name is simply because they don't need it. They have a title. There's just one Queen Elizabeth II, just one Prince William, and the one and only Princess Charlotte. But when you try to fill out a simple marriage registration form or apply for a visa abroad, there is always a necessary field to fill in. Last name. Without having one, life could get a bit complicated for the royal family, especially outside of the UK. <laughs> so actually, royal family members do have a last name for such occasions. In 1917, then-King George V adopted the Windsor Castle name as the name of the dynasty and the last name of the royal family. So, all of his descendants, including the current queen, have a last name, Windsor. The queen and her husband, Prince Philip, wanted their own descendants to have a specific last name, so they combined two of theirs. That's how Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward got to become the Mountbatten-Windsors. But here's a catch. It's the last name for those members who don't have an official title. Prince Charles, for example, is the Prince of Wales. So, his sons, Prince William and Prince Harry, use his title as their last names. William Wales and Henry Wales. Yeah, Harry is a nickname. Now live with it. When Prince William got married, the Queen gave the couple a title, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Their sons and daughter, Prince George, Prince Charlotte and Prince Louis, are known simply as George Cambridge, Charlotte Cambridge and Louis Cambridge. 
Prince Harry's family doesn't have a royal title, so his son and daughter are Archie Mountbatten-Windsor and Lilibet Mountbatten-Windsor. Also, royal family members have ridiculously long names. The Queen's full name is Elizabeth Alexandra Mary, and Prince William's name is William Arthur Philip Lewis. Multiple names are actually a long-standing British tradition. While giving a personal name, additional names are given to honor previous family members. It's typical for many British people, but the tradition is especially important to the royal family. The names for princes and princesses are chosen with caution. The full name of Prince William's daughter, Princess Charlotte, is Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. Charlotte is a female version of Charles, which is the name of Prince William's father. Elizabeth is a nod to the Queen herself, and Diana was given to honor Princess William's mother, Princess Diana. What's more, the Queen doesn't have a passport. British passports are issued on behalf of the Queen, so she doesn't need to have one herself. To travel abroad, she just has to go through identity check and give her full name and other personal details. All other members of the royal family do have passports. The Queen doesn't have a driver's license either. At the age of 18, she was trained as a driver, and since then, she has had the right to drive without ever confirming it again. Also, she can drive without a license plate. When not wearing a crown, the Queen always wears a hat, just like the other royal ladies. Sometimes, the hats can be extravagant, but they are still hats. Now that's in the Royal Protocol, which was inspired by an etiquette rule dating back to the 1950s. It was improper for royal and upper-class ladies to show their hair in public. As always, the royal family stays loyal to traditions, so female family members must wear hats at all formal royal events. For smaller events, royal ladies can leave their hats at home and wear their hair down. The queen has a distinctive style. Whenever seen in public, she wears suits of different colors. White, red, blue, green, yellow, purple. You name it. Why is that? Well, first thing is that you know it's the queen's special style. That's already good enough. But the main reason is that these colors ensure that she stands out in the crowd, so that people could say, I saw the queen. The queen also carries a handbag at all times. If you think about it, it's actually necessary, since she has several guards accompanying her at all times. They can carry whatever on earth she wants for her. But the handbag has a purpose, to send messages to her staff. Usually, the queen holds the bag in her left hand, but if she switches to the right, she signals to her guards that she prefers to end her current conversation. The guards then intervene and liberate her by, for example, saying that someone wants to see her. If, while dining, the queen places her handbag on the table, it means that she wants to end the dinner within five minutes. There are two reasons as to why the queen always wears gloves. The first is practical. The queen shakes many hands every day, and wearing gloves makes her less exposed to germs and less likely to fall sick. Second, it's already her distinctive style. But there are occasions when the queen should take the gloves off, like when she eats. The gloves aren't allowed at the dinner table. There's even a correct way to do so. Pull the glove up a bit, finger by finger, then pull it away. Put it on your lap under the napkin. The Queen celebrates her birthday twice a year. Her real birthday is April 21st, but she also celebrates her official birthday every year on the second Saturday of June. 
Since mid-18th century, it was tradition to hold a huge parade on the day of the British monarch's birthday, until 1908. Then King Edward VII, Queen Elizabeth's great-grandfather, had his real birthday in November. In the UK, the weather in November isn't that celebration-friendly, and it was often bad on King Edward's birthday. Still, he wanted a big celebration, so he decided to move the parade to June, when the weather is likely to be nice. Since then, British monarchs have a real birthday, and an official one in June with a big parade. So, um, what does the royal family actually do? The queen doesn't govern the country anymore, but she serves as the head of state. She's the official face of the country and the person who meets other world leaders. Even though it's not her who makes decisions on the course of the country, she is the person who approves the decisions and signs the papers. The queen is also engaged in public and charitable service, and that's where the rest of the family help her, taking on some of the duties. Whenever the queen can be present, the royal family members undertake some official duties on her behalf. They travel around the UK and worldwide, visit hospitals, charities, and other organizations to ensure their support. That's partly why royal family couples so rarely hold hands in public. Queen Elizabeth usually walks a bit ahead of her husband. Prince William and his wife are rarely spotted holding hands too. Actually, there's no official ban on being affectionate in public. It's more a matter of choice. Whenever royal family members are seen in public, they're at work. They represent the queen, and by putting away their personal feelings and acting a bit distant, they are being professional. The more important the event, the more likely the members to keep a distance with their partners. If you wondered where the royal family get their money from, there are several sources. Firstly, the queen has a salary. The British government pays her a sovereign grant that sponsors all the royal duties. It comes from the estate the crown owns. 15 to 25% of the profits from the estate go to the queen. The royal family owns a lot of land and properties, and that's where they get the money from. Finally, some other money comes from private investments. Do you know which royal family member is worth the most? No, it's not the queen. Not him. And not him. Try younger ones. No, not him. The most valuable royal family member is Princess Charlotte, with her estimated net worth being 5 billion US dollars. Her brother, Prince George, who is supposed to become king once, is worth 3 billion US dollars. This is not the money they actually earn, because they don't work yet. But these are estimates of how much they'll bring to the UK's economy, which accounts for all possible aspects. Many people come to the UK hoping to see the princes and the princesses on the balcony. The reason Princess Charlotte is way more valuable than her king-to-be brother is because of her fashion influence that's called the Charlotte Effect. Whatever she wears, all British girls wear, and the clothes are out of stock within days. It's predicted that she will affect the economy way more than her brothers.